Next on BYU Sports Nation, 2020 vision for a Power 5 schedule. And some of you think this season's schedule is too tough. Hello, future! We celebrate the countdown today with one of the best linebackers to ever play at BYU, Shea Muirbrook. He's both an officer and a gentleman. Plus, Ty Detmer discusses his current relationship with BYU. And have you ever seen a defensive lineman do the foxtrot ballroom magic? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. You know what it is. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hope you're enjoying your Tuesday, July 17th, wherever and however you connected Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Dancing with the B-List stars hopeful Jason Shepard. I will take B-List stars dancing. Are, are you a dancer? By, I mean, like, do you, do you feel comfortable dancing? Are you talking to my current age, or are you talking to what I was able to do about, I don't know, 15 to well, 20 years ago? Well, I mean, I know you were boy band good dancing back in the day. <laughs> I, but I mean, just in general, because I I... I am not coordinated that way. The only dancing that I liked to do was the slow dance because literally all you were doing was holding somebody and walking in a circle. <laughs> that is the, that is the extent of it. I, I, I don't dance. I'm uncomfortable dancing because I look ridiculous. It's just not my thing. Well, you're going to have a tough time getting on Dancing with the B-List Stars, man. we got to work yeah, on that. Yeah, that's not going to be a problem for me. I'm fine with that. Can you move better than Kenny Main, our <laughs> sportscaster friend? That's the real question. But uh, dancing today. Like, if you somebody says, we're going to go out, we're going to hit the music, it's dance time. I Are feel you like if I that? had a professional trainer that these stars are given before they go and compete on TV, I could hold my own. So the answer right now is no. But right now, just the other day, I was thinking, man, I feel like I'm losing my rhythm a little bit. I, I can't do the floss and all these new dance moves that <laughs> the youngins and the millennials are big on right now. I, wa- I want to be able to do them. I saw 50-year-old Will Smith do some of them the other day on an he's, Instagram video. And I'm like, if he's 50, he's the then I should, I should be able to do that. Come on. Yeah, he's coming with much more of a background than you are, okay? (laughs) The guy was the Fresh Prince, okay? Let's get jiggy with it. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Yesterday, our friends at FB Schedules helped update the future BYU football schedules thanks to some revelations they discovered in the latest Missouri Football Media Guide. The Cougars' home game against the Tigers, originally set for early November in 2020, has been moved to October 10th of 2020 in Provo. Once again, drawing our attention to the murderer's row schedule that BYU will face in a little over two years. Not surprisingly... Mixed opinions, Jason, have dominated social media in relation to what BYU is facing down the road as an independent. Just to recap, the 2020 schedule includes six Power 5 teams at Utah, Michigan State, at Arizona State, at Minnesota, Missouri, and at Stanford. Can we get Jerem's take on this? Four high-quality group of five teams, Houston, at Northern Illinois, at Boise, and San Diego State in Provo. 
And then there's the rival Utah State. That makes 11 in total. The 12th will likely be an FCS team in Provo. Gulp. Jason, what is your reaction to the 2020 BYU football schedule now that it is just about set? Well, my initial reaction is, wow. Uh, Look, of all of the independent schedules that BYU has faced, 2020 is most likely BYU's most difficult from top to bottom. And what I mean by that, there is no lull in the schedule. There's no easy stretch where you say, okay, well, there's this stretch at the end of October, early November, where BYU is going to play three or four teams that they should be. There's none of those stretches in that 2020 schedule. Now, again, we don't know what these teams are going to look like in a couple years, but still, to say it's impressive would be an understatement. Just like you mentioned, you mentioned the teams. It starts with Utah, at Utah. Three of the four games to open up September, Power 5 teams on the road. If your schedule starts at Utah and ends at Stanford, that is pretty impressive. Okay, Slash scary. A couple of thoughts here. People have been talking about, look, BYU wants to be a Power 5. There's this idea that they need to schedule like a Power 5. And as Jerem Jordan has pointed out, nobody's forcing BYU to do that, but there kind of is that precedent right now in the scheduling philosophy. It's like, look, if we need, if we are going to be a Power 5 team, we've got to prove that we can hang with those guys week in and week out. Well, you wanted your Power 5 schedule, you got it, and then some. I think this is harder than your typical average Power 5 team schedule because – you're not going to have some gimmies in September. Once again, as we are going to witness this year, it is hit the ground running early against some top-level yep. Power 5 teams. Look, you add this type of schedule with the fact that BYU Sports Nation is just going to start showing up at P5 Media Days. That, those two things alone, it's going to push BYU over the edge. I'm telling you, they're going to get in because of that. Look, you, this schedule... From top to bottom, it's it like I mentioned, starts at Utah, ends at at Stanford. But throughout the year, you've got about every other game's a P five game. So really, I mean, it's stretched out over an entire season. I mean, this truly now the, now the one thing that you get with a P five schedule, somebody that's in a P five conference is you know you have you have two or three games to start things. Now that's that's not here, but yeah, I mean, this probably is the most. Uh, it's close enough to a P5 schedule that, that the other teams are playing. I sent out a couple of polls yesterday. One went like this. Would you rather BYU football schedule tougher, more big-name foes, and win an average of seven to eight games a season? That number is based on what BYU has done in seven years of independence. Or schedule one to two fewer of those big names, lighten up the schedule, and hope for nine or ten wins. Almost 400 votes came in. of those votes say take the chance versus the big names. So even with BYU still searching for that 10-win season and the schedules increasingly getting more difficult, people want the big names on the schedule. And I'll say this. We love the whole bowl game atmosphere, right? Want to play a big-name opponent in a big bowl game. It kind of feels like BYU and Independence is playing a bunch of bowl games because – They're playing against teams that they don't typically play against when you look at the history of Cougar football. So there is that. But if you want 10-plus wins, it's going to be tougher 
and tougher to come by because the schedules are getting tougher. How many guaranteed wins are on the 2020 schedule? How many guaranteed wins? Yeah, that's one. It, assuming that it's an FCS team in Provo, one. Yeah, that's that goes into how difficult the 2020 schedule yeah, is. Yeah, I said there are three on this year's schedule. Jeremy Jordan went with four. I think you're in agreement with one of those yeah. two numbers. I, I see one, may, maybe one in the 2020 schedule. I'm like, yeah, one, one guaranteed win. Well, let's worry about 2018 first. Okay, let's do that. Cougar great Ty Detmer talked with Jeremiah Jensen from KSL TV just a couple of days ago. They talked about life after coaching at BYU. Here's just a piece of that conversation. I'm Cougar for life, you know. I mean, that's that's great things happen for me at BYU, and and so that doesn't change. I mean, I still love BYU. I'm, you know, it'll take a little time probably to be around the program a little bit, you know, just to kind of let things settle and and keep your distance, you know. I, I mean, let those guys do what they need to do, and and not be that guy that all of a sudden you're around and. And being, you know, on TV, being the know-it-all that, you know, <laughs> those kind of things. So, you know, I, I would just kind of hang back and, and let things settle. And, and then, uh, you know, we'll still always be BYU fans and, and a part of the program. Spencer, what are your impressions of Ty Detmer's comments? Well, first of all, I 100% believe everything that he says. Agreed, 100%. Sincere. I thought it was a classy response. Again, no surprise. I, I think he's been a class act through the whole very difficult and awkward situation that uh, he's encountered over the past eight months. And I, I have nothing but respect for him. You know, it, people wanted so badly for Ty Detmer to succeed at BYU as the offensive coordinator. Uh, and look, it didn't work out. And sometimes... What we want to have happen, like our greatest ambitions, hopes for other people, it, it doesn't work out, and that's okay. That's called life. Now, what I will say is he has a future in coaching, whether that's as a quarterback's coach in the NFL or maybe he gets a second go-around in college football. It was a learning experience for him, too, and he's the first to say that. He learned a ton. I wish I could – Ask him like 20 questions just about that whole experience with BYU. And now that he's had some time to distance himself from the program and kind of look back on what happened in the two years, what he would do differently uh, and what lessons he takes away and how that will impact his potential future coaching endeavors. Because I think he belongs in coaching somewhere. He is a coach. The timing of it all is rough. Yeah. It's rough. Expectations, timing. Like it was a tough situation for Ty Detmer to be in, but yet he handles it with class, maturity, and I respect the guy 100%. Yeah, the word you used, class, classy, I echo that you know, tenfold. It's awesome to see him handling things like he is. I mean, this is, we're talking about arguably the greatest player to ever play at BYU, and the fact that he's staying positive is great. And I think that says two things. Number one, it speaks very highly of Ty Detmer. It also, I think, speaks very highly of BYU. And you can certainly understand when he talks about just needing to distance yourself a little bit. You can completely understand that philosophy and why that would be important. Well, he could turn right around and start to second-guess yeah. everything yes. that the coaches and, are doing. That's, well, that's I wouldn't not, do that. I wouldn't do that. That is, that is not who he is. And I, I go back to, again, classy. That, that whole response he gave was classy, and it is awesome that he continues to be the guy everybody loves. Love it. Yeah, and two years as a coach in no way diminishes what 
Ty Detmer means to BYU no. and the legacy nope. he left behind as a player. It just doesn't. It is preseason college football award watch list time. Speaking of Ty Detmer, who was on like 17 preseason award watch lists <laughs> when he was playing. To date, no Cougars have been recognized, Jason. Not a huge surprise. But which BYU players do you feel deserve college football preseason watch list recognition? Look, I think we're both in agreement. Number one, right out of the gate, Matt Bushman. I mean, at the tight end position. Freshman All-American. Yeah, freshman All-American. This is a guy that I, I will be shocked if if that uh, watch list comes out and he's not on it, he's going to be on that one. A couple of other, of other guys that, that stand out to me. I think Corbin Kafusi on the defensive line uh, probably deserves to be on a watch list. Uh, Sione Takitaki, I, I, I love him moving back to, li- to lo- the linebacker position. I think he could be it. Butch Powell is another guy that you may see on a watch list. Uh, and then how about this one? Dylan Colley. Dylan Colley is, is a guy that has already proven what he can do. Not just at BYU, but obviously the time he spent at Hawaii, he's back here. You might see Dylan Colley on, on a, a watch list for the receivers. These are largely based on the numbers that each of these individual players put up one year ago. So Tanner Mangum's numbers, not great, which is why he's not going to show up on any preseason award watch list. But Matt Bushman, as a freshman All-American, yep. yeah, no-brainer. Dylan Colley had 56 catches and as Blaine Fowler pointed out yesterday, has now kind of become like this alpha male on the BYU yeah, offense. The vocal leader. 56, 56 catches should be good enough to get you on a Bolitnikoff preseason award watch list. Because he's done it at the Division One level, he's a known commodity. He's coming back to BYU. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him show up. Corbin Kafusi had six sacks. I think that's good enough to get on a preseason award watch list. The interesting one for me is... Squally Canada with just over 700 yards and with him performing well late in the season. Yes, I know, subpar competition for the most part. But did he do enough? Did he put up big enough numbers to kind of eke in to one of those preseason award watch lists? And it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it's like, okay, who really won the award? Who performed when the actual season began? But just for... The discussion today, because it is preseason award watch list time, does Squally Canada deserve to be on one of these lists? And and I, you know, with the late season push, he just might sneak on as a running back to watch. There will be BYU names on watch lists. How many? All That's the thing. That's, How many? Yes. Last night, Bryce Harper won the home run derby in his home ballpark in Washington. If you didn't watch, it was actually pretty cool. It's actually quite a bit of drama in that, that final round with Schwarber. Uh, not only did he get to enjoy the victory in front of the home fans, he got to enjoy it with his dad, who was throwing him the BP. Pretty cool moment, obviously, for Bryce and his dad. Yeah. They're hugging on the field, talking about how much they love each other. It was, he kept it, saying, this guy! Yeah, yeah. Hold that trophy up! This guy! That, that was an awesome moment for, for Bryce and his dad. So it got us thinking, in terms of BYU moments and memories, what is the greatest parent-child BYU moment you have? Oh, man. There are a lot running through my head, but I can recall specifically... A moment in the West Coast Conference basketball tournament in 2014 after Tyler Haas hit the go-ahead shot against Santa Clara, who had Jared Brownridge and was mm-hmm. playing out of his mind, went for 30-plus. Tyler Haas had a huge shot to keep BYU's WCC tournament title hopes alive and essentially put BYU 
back in the NCAA tournament. They later got an at-large bid, played Ole Miss in the first four. He made that shot, and that got BYU into the NCAA tournament. And he had been under some scrutiny for not taking enough big shots or not making enough big shots. He knocked that down. I saw him with his dad, Marty, and them hugging it out in Las Vegas at the Orleans Arena. And I thought, that's a really cool moment. As a dad, Marty, who was a great player at BYU, who had NCAA tournament experience of his own, to see his son kind of quiet the doubters for a little bit, knock down a huge shot, the game winner late in the game, and then for those guys to hug at the Orleans Arena, I thought that was, that was really, really meaningful to the Haas family and to BYU basketball. Any for you and your dad? Uh, in terms of me and my dad, I think just memories of coming to I, – I, <laughs> this is going to paint me probably in a bad light, but I remember my dad buying tickets to the Mississippi State BYU football game in the year 2000 <laughs> and complaining that they weren't good enough seats. I'm a terrible person. <laughs> It's like, <laughs> why'd you book them up there? We could have sat lower or whatever. And what a horrible stopped. son you are. Oh, seriously. <laughs> wow. like, to this day, I feel guilty about it. But I remember going to the game with him, and it didn't matter. Yeah, yep. It didn't matter where we sat. The fact that I was with him, and he got season tickets for me in 1997. BYU didn't have a great season, but going to the season opener against fourth-ranked Washington and walking there with my brother Trevor and my dad, like that, those are cherished Memories for me. Didn't matter who won or lost. It was just being at the BYU game yeah. with my dad. Yeah, see, I don't have those memories with my own dad. My dad is not a BYU fan. He's not a member of the church. And my parents were divorced, so I didn't live with him growing up. I would visit him, but I didn't live with him on a daily basis. So I don't have those memories with my own dad. My memories are with my kids. And I have a lot of different memories. But the one thing that stands out, because of, of my job and my responsibilities, I, I have never been able to take any of my kids to a BYU football game. And it just so happened that uh, after I left KSL and before I got officially hired here at BYU TV, I was able to take my then five-year-old son to a BYU football game. And it was unbelievable just to be in the, in the stadium with my son, singing the fight song after the touchdowns. Just that moment, that memory was, was awesome for yeah, me. It was awesome. Outstanding. It was awesome. Also, shout out to uh, my mom, Christine, who sat by me for fourth and eighteen. Oh. against Utah. She buried her head in my shoulder and said, I can't believe the first BYU-Utah game I came to, BYU's going to lose. You know where I was, 4th and 18? Right in front of Austin Collie when he caught the ball. Magic happens! <laughs> Question of the day, what is your greatest parent-child BYU memory? Time to hear from you. This is Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Colonel underscore James 83 on Twitter. I used to think that my son and I were jinxed because every game I took him to, BYU would lose. That string was broken when my son and I enjoyed seeing BYU beat Arizona in dramatic fashion in the 2016 opener. Very gratifying. Yes, Jake Oldroyd in yes. his lime green cleats, knocking <laughs> it through. Story. Hashtag BYU on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. More of your responses later in the show. Coming up, Lauren McLean goes all dancing with the BYU stars. It's all coming up in between the lines. How's your waltz, Jason? I can waltz, actually. Plus, a BYU all-time great at linebacker and Cotton Bowl Hall of Famer. He still holds a record. Shea Muirbrook will join us to celebrate the countdown today. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. 
After further review, returns on Tuesday, August 7th, 7 p.m. Eastern time on BYU TV. You can join Dave, Blaine, David, and Brian every Tuesday through the football season. It all begins three weeks from today, August 7th. Man, can you feel it, Jason? It's getting can closer. Can you feel it? Welcome back. BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Conversation always open on social media. Follow at BYU Sports Nation, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN whenever and wherever you want to converse with us. Our question of the day, what is your greatest parent-child BYU memory? It can be something you saw from BYU athletes and their parents. It can be something that you have had in your own experience. At Ames Flames in on Twitter. Staying for Senior Day Awards in 2013 when Kyle Van Noy graduated. Pouring rain, almost no one there, but had the best time with my mom and sister. We are still big Kyle Van Noy fans. Hashtag BYUSN. As we all are. On any of the social media platforms. More of your responses later in the show. Jason, I just ask you, mm-hmm. can you feel it? I can. Hit it. Countdown to the Wildcats. 46 days. 46 days away. And to help us celebrate that specific number, we spoke with one of the all-time BYU greats, Shea Muirbrook, on the Deseret First on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. We'll play that interview for you in just a moment. Always, it's been, I think, two years, almost two years since we spoke with Shea. Yeah, he was on the set when they celebrated the 20 years yes. of the 96 team. Now, some things have changed for him in terms of his professional development, but the dude, what would you say is the greatest legacy moment that he left behind at BYU? Oh, without a doubt, it's six sacks in the Cotton Bowl. Six sacks! Are you kidding me? Brian Kavanaugh, I'm telling you, Brian Kavanaugh, the Kansas State quarterback, still fears. Still has nightmares. Shame you're a brook. She's number 46 running him down. <laughs> Now, he also played in the 1994 season, which I still feel like is probably the most underappreciated season in BYU football history. BYU went 10-3. and They beat Notre Dame in South Bend. They beat Oklahoma, dominated them in the Copper Bowl, finished ranked in the top 20. John Walsh had an All-American type year at quarterback, unfortunately left early, which right. was the reason that Steve Sarkeesian had to come in 1995 as a junior college transfer because Walsh left early. They were not anticipating that, but I guess it all worked out it for the best. It worked out right? uh, just fine. It all worked out for the best. Yeah, so underappreciated. Now, Well, uh, and I, I think you, you're talking about Shea, and, and not just him specifically, but, you know, and we talk about this occasionally, the legacy BYU has at the linebacker position. So many great linebackers over the history of the BYU football program. Well, he's not the only great number 46, right? You're absolutely right. Kelly Papinga That's comes right. to mind, now coaching uh, on the staff with Bronco Mendenhall at Virginia. So, yeah, 46, big day, big-time linebacker, spoke with him. And here is the first question that we asked him, dealing with uh, a throwback to Cougar Illustrated. Shay, I saw a picture of you in Cougar Illustrated from 1995, I believe, uh, in your workout gear in the old weight room, arms uh, flexed, feeling all good. Do you remember taking pictures like that and staging things like that? And, and if you, or, or do you even have those as relics somewhere Please around your house? Please tell us you still have that. Uh, it, so to be honest, no, I don't. But uh, <laughs> it constantly gets thrown back in my face. So 
I, it's it's hard to get away from it. I'm definitely familiar with it, but no, I do not have any of that stuff. Why would you want to get away from that? That was awesome. <laughs> That's just not my style. Uh, I do appreciate it. Uh, I look back on it and obviously enjoy uh, enjoy it for what it was. And at the time, uh, you know, I mean, I thought I was uh, a big deal. But as you get further away, you, you realize that uh, there's other things going on. The great former BYU linebacker Shane Muirbrook with us on BYU Sports Nation. It's been a little while since we talked to you, since you were back for the 20-year celebration of the 1996 team. What's changed since then? What are you up to these days? Well, at that time I was uh, just getting ready to enter the law enforcement community, and so uh, I've completed that. I went through the academy, and now I'm a uh, deputy sheriff for the Merced County Sheriff's Office. Are there any uh, any interesting stories that you can share with us uh, about your new job? <laughs> this is fascinating to me. Uh, probably, probably. Not. I mean, there's there's a hundred things that goes on, and uh, and uh, and that's what I like about it is is uh, it's 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 similar to football. There's there's some there's a few key. Uh, it's in my it's in my wheelhouse, so the skill set is still the same. It's fitting when you played linebacker. I think your nickname could have been the deputy, or, the sheriff, or the sheriff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I appreciate that. Thank you. That's uh, it's obviously an honor, and uh, no, I uh, I enjoy it. And um, I mean, I got um, so my my oldest son is entering his first year of of high school football, and uh, we got uh, a second one in in his second year of football, and I got a a third that's going to do karate, uh, and then uh, and then my my daughter obviously is uh, on the other side, and and she keeps us. We're we're just going. 100 miles an hour, and, and I'm not even the key piece. It's, uh, it's obviously <laughs> my wife that, that does the majority of the work. Great stuff, and one of the great number 46s at BYU. We are 46 days away from BYU kicking off the season against Arizona in what looks like a very brutal schedule. But I, I kind of want to draw some parallels to something that happened in your career. In 1995, your junior season, BYU goes 7-4, and four, do not go to a bowl game. Last year, BYU does not go to a bowl game. Things did not turn out in any way, shape, or form, the way that BYU fans hoped for, BYU coaches anticipated, yet you bounce back your senior year and go 14-1 and have one of the most memorable seasons in BYU football history. What changed between the two seasons to help you take that leap as a team? And maybe is there something there that the BYU team now could look at and think, okay, if we change this, then maybe we can go on a little bit of a run ourselves? Um. Yeah, that's an interesting parallel, and I would just uh, I would say probably uh, leadership. I think there was a uh, um, a different there, a different attitude. Obviously, I know uh, my junior year, I th- I felt like we had the talent, but um, not necessarily in the in the senior role. But uh, we all kind of relished that moment, and it was like, okay, this is going to be our chance to put our stamp on on BYU history and uh, there was just a lot of a lot of talent but at the same time there was a lot of leaders on that team individually that um, collectively you know we we wanted to work together and and we wanted to uh, make the most of that opportunity and uh, and so hopefully these guys this year can uh, can bounce back as we did, and uh, you know, I mean, I would just kind of encourage them, you know, I mean, to to play with the chip on your shoulder and and uh, embrace the moment. You know, I mean, there wasn't a team in the country that we felt like we couldn't beat uh, that year in '96, 
and uh, and we embraced that moment, and we knew that we were coming into the uh, the, the Pigskin Classic, the kickoff um, against A and M, and it was a great opportunity, great stage, just to kind of kind of get things going. Spencer mentioned, obviously, that that 96 team culminated with an unbelievable win over K-State in the Cotton Bowl. And in that game, I, I don't even know if saying you dominated in that game even gives it justice with how well you played. What do you remember most specifically about that game? Um, well, there's there's a lot of things, but I knew it was going to be um, – I knew it was going to be my last – last game in a Cougar uniform. I knew it was going to be my last opportunity to, again, kind of uh, leave my mark on on the program, and uh, both individually and, and collectively as a team. And so one of the goals I had as, personally was uh, when I came to BYU is I knew I was going to get an opportunity to play uh, early, and I took ownership and tried to – impress that on my teammates rather than uh, shy away from competition. Um, we all embraced competition and we worked hard to bring in star recruits. You know what I mean? People that were going to help our team and, and possibly take our jobs. Uh, but at the, yeah, at the cost of being successful, that's, that's what it took. And so at that, that moment, um, that's, that's really what it came down to for us. And, and the cotton bowl was, the opportunity to go out there and, and cement our legacy is as a great team and, and for Lavelle and, and the coaching staff and just kind of validate uh, the team and, and the, uh, the talent that we were. Now, Brian Kavanaugh, I'm sure, still has nightmares about you pursuing him in the backfield <laughs> as the Kansas State quarterback. At what point during that game did you think, man, I, I've got a lot of quarterback sacks? Um, actually never, uh, it was just one of those things where you're just in the moment. And, uh, and I don't, I think that's, that's what football is, is you gotta, you know what I mean? You gotta line up and you gotta play every play like it's your last. And if you're, if you're worried about the tackle, you missed the last play, or if you're, uh, got your heads in the cloud about a, a sack that you got or a, a play that you made, you're going to miss the next one. And so I, I think at that point, you know, I mean, the game was just, um, and it was funny because I was reflecting on some things, excuse me, knowing that I was going to talk to you guys. And, uh, yeah, it was just a, a matter of, of being in the moment. And uh, and it's kind of like the, uh, the Eminem song, you know, I know I'm dating myself, but you got to just lose yourself <laughs> in the moment and, uh, and play every moment like it's, like it's your last. Oh, that's, a, that's an all-time classic. Don't worry about yeah. dating yourself. By the way, six sacks in the Cotton Bowl, still a Cotton Bowl That's record. That's unbelievable. We're talking with Shea Muirbrook, one of the best linebackers to ever put on a BYU uniform here on BYU Sports Nation. So now you played at BYU from 93 to 96, and during that same time it overlapped with a couple of current BYU coaches, that being head coach Kalani Satake as well as Ed Lamb. Do you stay in contact with them, and what are your thoughts seeing them run the program and being in charge of things now? Uh. I don't stay in contact with them as much as, uh, as I should. Um, but it's kind of one of those things, um, their family, it's like what, you know what I mean? When you go a little while without talking to your brother then, or your dad, or, you know what I mean? Whatever it is, as soon as you talk to him, you pick up right where you left off and you know that, uh, that that bond is still there. Um, I'm completely thrilled that those guys are, are running the program. Uh, cause I feel like they're grounded in, 
BYU legacy and, and the traditions of BYU. Uh, I, I know that the, the program's in good hands. And, you know, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a tough job. And I probably, I would say one of the toughest in the country based on the, the dynamics of BYU football and, and a lot of things you've got to manage there. So um, I think they're doing a good job. And uh, I, they have my confidence. The pride of Riverside County, Deputy Sheriff Shay Muirbrook is with us on BYU Sports Nation. I love that you brought up leadership. And last year with BYU's forgettable 4-9 and nine season, we all kind of were wondering, okay, who, who are the leaders? Who are the vocal leaders? And we couldn't really pinpoint one. You said there were several on the 96 team. What do you do to implement that into a team that the previous year didn't really have vocal leadership? Well, I mean, it, it's just a matter of, uh, I don't know how to say it, but I mean, you're, you gotta, you gotta find those alpha males that are going to step forward and they want and, and embrace the moment and aren't scared of, of, of that opportunity. I mean, I literally almost, if I went down the, the roster of the 96 team almost to a man, that's exactly what I'm talking about. So it wasn't just like, Hey, we got four team captains. You had 22, 25 guys that craved the attention and had 100% confidence that they were, you know, the, the head man in charge out on the field. I, I, so what I'm saying is you, you collectively have to find people that are going to challenge you um, to be the best. And, and when you want to be – the best on the field. You so that was the other thing is is of those those players and of the that makeup. You know, it wasn't just I want to be I want to be a starter. I want to be you know all league. Every single one of those guys had something to prove and wanted to gain national recognition and felt like they they could go and compete on any level on any team and be a starter. It wasn't like hey I'm I'm glad to be here. And uh, and I and to the same point, I feel like a majority of those those players felt like they were slighted in the process and and had something to prove. And uh, and so to your point, to get to leadership, you're going to need some of these players to step forward and and maybe come out of their shell and be a little bit vocal. You got to hold your teammates accountable, and 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 you got to hold yourself accountable. Are they doing all they can in the weight room, in the film room? You know, um, those kind of things. I think you have to embrace as, as far as, you know, hold yourself to a higher standard and understand that you have a tremendous opportunity to go out and represent a great school and the legacy is there. And are you holding yourself to the, to the highest standards? Cause people are watching you and expecting you to uphold those standards. <clears throat> Shay, great stuff. It's always fun to catch up with you. Congratulations on becoming a deputy sheriff uh, down in Southern California, and uh, let's do it again soon. Yeah, no problem. Hey, quick correction. It's up here in uh, Northern California. Oh, Northern California. California. Okay, so where where is it again? And it's going to be Merced County. Merced County. Okay, well, we need to get yeah. that right. Still, deputy yes. sheriff, whether Riverside or Merced, it's the real deal. Shay is here to serve, protect, and dominate quarterbacks. <laughs> Yeah, still looking for the opportunity to run people down. (laughs) (laughs) Great stuff. Thanks, Shay. All right, thanks, guys. 
Shane Muirbrook on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Well put by you at the end, Jason. Thank you very much. He was great. Coming up, more from Voice of the Nation. And it's Dancing with the Cougar Stars on Between the Lines with Lauren McLean. Work on that Dougie, Lauren. Oh, sorry. This is this is ballrooms. Okay, that's that's right. This is BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> Let's keep it rolling, BYU Sports Nation. Spencer Linton, Jason Shepard hanging out in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio, National Simulcast on BYU TV. You know it. We're on demand anytime, anywhere, and here are today's BYUS and headlines. According to the University of Missouri, the 2020 game between BYU and the Tigers will now be played on October 10th at Lavelle Edwards Stadium in the 2020 season. The game previously scheduled for November 7th. Ziggy Ansah did not reach a long-term deal with the Detroit Lions by Monday's 4 p.m. Eastern deadline and will play under the franchise tag of a mere $17.1 million. Ansah's contract will expire after this season when he will once again become a free agent. Adam Law, two for five with two runs batted in and a run scored, plus a stolen base and a 10-6 Tacoma Rainiers win in AAA baseball over the Reno Aces. Also, a skunk was on the field at some point during that game. That stinks. BYU women's tennis head coach Lauren Jones Spencer (laughs) announces she is stepping down in order to move to California with her family. Jones Spencer, who was also a former BYU player, has been the head coach since 2011. Yeah, her little sister Macy Jones, big part of the uh, BYU women's tennis program. We wish her the best as she moves forward. Uh, We all know BYU athletes can do one of the following. Shoot, block, save, tackle. I'm leaving off some other verbs that they can also do. But can they dance? And I'm talking about the Cougarettes. I'm talking about football players, basketball players, and some others. We'll find out right now as we go Between the Lines. BYU Sports Nation presents Between the Lines. Yas, men's basketball's Luke Worthington, women's soccer's Sabrina Davis, and football's Corbin Kafusi team up with some of BYU Ballroom's premier dancers to see who's got the best moves. This is part one of our BTL ballroom battle. Welcome to the Between the Lines ballroom battle. We're going to see how these athletes can compete on the ballroom dance floor. My name is Luke Worthington, number 41 on the men's basketball team. First time on the dance floor, so we're going to see how it plays out today. I'm Nicole Udall. I'm Luke's partner, and I've been dancing for 10 years. Latin dancing has hips. Okay. It's a little bit different than most Got it. dancing. So when you do a check back, you're going to put me there with your hips. Oh. You're going to catch me underneath the arms. Okay. Can how? you lift me? Like a, like a trust ball? Kind of like, can you, do you think you can lift me? Yes. Sure. But what? But what, <laughs> what? What do so you mean you're just gonna fall? Should... How are you gonna fall? <laughs> no, just kidding. Squat, squat, right? You as right. the guy are the leader. You're like leading the dance. Right. You're gonna switch your leg behind and roll me out. Like a pivot. Like a pivot. Pivot. Got it. Perfect. So. In basketball. How do you feel, Luke? Um, really, really experienced in the world of dancing. <laughs> He's pretty so. good. I'm Sabrina Davis. I'm from Denver, Colorado, and I've been dancing since 30 minutes ago. My name is Jai Knight, and I'm Sabrina's partner, and I've been dancing my whole life. Look at that. See if we already halfway done. I'm forgetting the bad part, but that's okay. 
Boom. 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 Your hips move Stop. so much better than mine. I'm like. <laughs> Wait, I'm up. I'm up. They're up. They're up. They're up. I feel like I'm Aladdin like two times faster now. Okay. Five, six, six seven, seven, eight. Boom, 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 boom. One thing I was stressing about. I'm not kidding. I was like, no. What if he can't lift me up? Right? This way? I forgot. I forgot. The size that. You're just like so into it. You're just like, I was. I was. I was like, so much. Yay. I was like that the entire time. How, uh, how's she doing so far? She is killing it. Take Funny thing is she's just like, yeah, I don't dance, but she dances. Oh, you yeah. Got, you got like natural rhythm. I mean, you're an athlete, you know? You gotta have those things, yeah, right? Yeah, you do the Yeah, exactly. My name is Corbin Kafusi. I'm from Provo, Utah, and I have been dancing since 73. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Brody Ray. I'm Corbin's partner, and I've been dancing for about 14 years. I'm like... What's up? Yes. Fox Trot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I like okay. that. That's good. That's okay. good. You flip me. Good. And now you go there. Perfect. That was way good. And then we're here. And then you spin around. Nice. Now body roll. Here. Good. Have you seen Hitch? Yes. Like this is where you live. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We live in here. <laughs> good. In. And lift. Good. Way good. Good. Way to go. <laughs> okay. Guys, how do you feel like it's going so far? He's We're getting it. there. <laughs> I've got a great teacher. He's so. a natural. We wanted to challenge you, though. Yeah, I know. This is this is a new field for me. Okay, it's time to get to know our judges a little bit. Hello, everyone. I'm David Schultz. Uh, my name is Brent Keck. It's interesting that some of these football players dancing with, with these little girls, they make the little <laughs> girls look like they're three years old. So far, I saw that they definitely feel the music, so that's good. That's what's very important for dancing. So music is with them. They are with music. It's going to be fun to watch them perform. Next week on Between the Lines... The athletes battle it out on the dance floor with their final dances, and the judges pick their winner. It's all in the hips. Wait, what? Is Bronson Kafusi in there? Yes. Bronson Kafusi. He makes also a in surprise appearance wow. as okay. a judge. Corporate right. was he walked, pretty impressive. He walked in mid Luke Worthington dance. <laughs> like, what is Bronson doing here? Anyway. He needs he needs dirt on his little brother. I know he does. Any, <laughs> anything you can do to make fun of him, he's going to be there. So watch this segment again to go to our BYU TV Sports YouTube page and follow us on Twitter at BYU underscore BTL. So do you guys have any early favorites? Who do you uh, think's going to Well, win? just from seeing what I saw, like uh, I like Corbin or maybe Sabrina. Yeah, one, yeah. I, I you leaving Luke out? Luke, I am Luke in this. I am Luke. <laughs> we are all Luke I in this. completely know where Luke is coming from. That That's me. Well, apparently Corbin's been dancing since the pre-Earth life. He said 73. Wow. Well, so he's good dancing for him. in heaven. Let me know when uh, we're doing our in-sync music video with the Cougarettes, okay? I will. I'll let you let know. Let me know when that becomes a between I, I, I'm barely becoming aware of this, but it's I will gonna, let you know. It's going to be me, that. okay, Lauren? Let's go. <laughs> Let's do it will this. be you, Spencer. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> ah, yeah. Tune in next week, guys. It's going to be epic. All right, coming up, former BYU basketball player Kalani Purcell getting ready to represent her country. Ah, uh, yes, the tall ferns of New Zealand. <laughs> and more from the Voice of the Nation. We're talking about unforgettable parent-child moments surrounding BYU sports. This is BYU Sports Nation. Between the Lines is brought to you by Tim Daly Nissan. Think Nissan. Think Tim Daly Southtown. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Follow BYU Sports Nation on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Always use hashtag BYUSN to chime in on the program. Live from Studio B, this is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. 
I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jason Shepard. Our daily BYUSN rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. We have asked all of you to send in your responses to our question of the day. What is your greatest parent-child BYU memory? At Razor Coog on Twitter. Sitting in the upper reaches of Lavelle Edwards Stadium with my dad in 2015 during the BYU-Boise State game. Mango magic was flowing in the breeze. Hearts were knit together through quarterback scrambles, diving fourth down grabs, and timely interceptions. That's well written. That's almost poetic from Razor Coop. Yeah, that's that's not bad at all. Uh, at Drawer of Fun on Twitter, sitting down with the fam to watch some BYU football a few years back, my son, who was 9 or 10, says, Dad, which one is Jimmer? <laughs> well, uh, well, Jimmer yeah, played you, basketball. How do you answer that one? At Z underscore Larson, 011. Also went on Twitter. Every game with Jamal Williams and his mom, Nicole. She yeah. went all out every time supporting Jamal with flags and constant cheering. Yeah, that's an elite parenting moment. <laughs> Listen to this one. At USU Coogie 11 on Twitter. Watching the 2006 game at Utah with my grandparents. I will never forget how everyone, including my 80-year-old grandparents, jumped out oh. of their seats as soon as Arlene caught the ball. Incredible. You Incredible. know what? I uh, can speak from experience. It was difficult not to jump. At B Royal Blue Coog on the Twitter machine. Being front row with my dad for the Arizona BYU game 2016 as Kalani got win number one. We had the original foam Shaka Wai hands nice. that I made from scratch and got to join in the fight song and help Jake Oldroyd reunite with his mom after the game. Sweetest reunion ever. Oh, that's double. Double bonus right there. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Holy cow. Uh, these are all great. Uh, this one from Instagram. Uh, let's see. Is it K-Relb? K-Relb, maybe, or yeah, Krelb, yeah. we'll Krelb, say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we took our daughter on her ninth birthday to the Miami game. Had so much fun watching the Cougars win, as well as her cheering. Her older brother is still mad. She got to go and not him. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, where is older brother right now? I want to hear his side of the story. Every time they talk about that great memory again in they're, Miami, he's like, yeah, it must have been awesome. Their sweetest memory is his worst <laughs> memory as a BYU fan, hey, not thanks, being thanks at the Miami Thanks for taking game. me. <laughs> Hashtag BYUS on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Great responses thus far. Uh, keep them coming in on the social media platforms. Probably the weirdest tease I've ever written. Coming up, or excuse me, read. A cougar gets a stinky surprise in a minor league baseball game. <laughs> it is World Emoji Day, so uh, what emoji would you send in for that? Plus the elite voice of the day. Who earned it? This is BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Shout out to today's guest, Shay Muirbrook. The deputy sheriff. <laughs> Sorry, Dennis Pitta. Out of time. If you missed any part of today's show, you can always download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Time for the Cougar Whip Around. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. According to the University of Missouri, the 2020 football game between BYU and the Tigers will be played on October 10th at Lavelle Edwards stating the game was previously scheduled for November 7th of 2020. Also this just in Tanner Mangum is an all-state AFCA Good Hands team nominee. Does that count as a preseason award watch list? I'm counting it. The award recognizes philanthropic achievements off the field. Easy for me to say. Cougars in the NFL. Ziggy Ansah did not come to a long-term 
deal with the Detroit Lions by Monday's 4 p.m. Eastern deadline and will play under the franchise tag this season, $17.1 million. Ansa's contract expires after this season when he will once again become a free agent. Cougars in the minors. Adam Law went two for five with two RBI and a run scored, plus a stolen base in a 10-6 Tacoma Rainiers win over the Reno Aces. This game was in a delay in the ninth inning due to a skunk yep. getting out onto the outfield Video grass. all over the social media. That is gross. Also, Brennan Lund of the Mobile Bay Bears went two for four and scored three runs in a 6-5 loss to the Jackson Generals. Cougars overseas. Kalani Purcell and the New Zealand Tall Ferns will play two games against Japan this week before heading to the William Jones Cup in Taiwan on July 29th. Good luck, Kalani. Tennis. Women's head coach Lauren Jones-Spencer announces that she is stepping down in order to move with her family to California. Jones-Spencer, who also is a former BYU player, has been the head coach since 2011. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Who deserves it today, Jason? Long arm of the law. How about that? Deputy Sheriff Shane Muirbrook. <laughs> of Merced County. Yes. Not Riverside County. No gonna need to see license and registration <laughs> his picture alone like if you if you saw the program or have seen a picture of him lately he is your prototypical deputy sheriff what what if what if, what if the, the k-state quarterback that he sacked six times just happened to be in that area he's speeding <laughs> shea pulls him over oh you gotta be kidding me sack, yeah sack number seven he's like i just can't get away from you <laughs> Outstanding stuff. <laughs> Our question of the day, what's your greatest parent-child BYU memory? The elite voice of the day from at Jake R. Camp on Twitter. Taking my three-year-old son to his first BYU football game is a day I'll never forget. I don't remember the score, but I do remember him running as fast as his little legs could carry him all the way to the stadium and later grinning from ear to ear through cougar tail-covered cheeks. Awesome. Love those kinds of memories. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Don't forget, use hashtag BYUSN. Show on demand at BYUSN.com. Audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jason, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Kelly Papinga. We're 46 days away from the first BYU football game. We'll see you tomorrow. Watch out, Brian Kavanaugh.